0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at cbcbuna.com. Hey, if you got a copy of God's Word, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1 this morning? Hebrews chapter 1, and what a great day it's been already. Some uh, special music, thank you to all of our praise team and man we got more special music coming you know next the next couple weeks christmas is special season with special music and special things it's just fun to get to be able to do that Uh, while you're turning to hebrews chapter one i I do want to just have you mark your calendars about one thing we're very excited about some of you've seen it on Social media, or when you're coming in on our doors, Uh, we are going to do in January what we're going to call the January Preaching Series. So we don't usually gather on Sunday nights, but in the month of January, we are going to gather every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for a worship service, and we have four different pastors from our region that are going to be joining us four different pastors every Sunday night a different pastor and I just got to tell you man I, I love every single one of these guys they are gifted communicators of God's word and you are going to be encouraged and blessed by that so I just know that it's a busy season some of you are like bro you're talking about January I'm trying to make it through this week and I get that But I want to go ahead and just plant that seed to mark those calendars, plan on joining us on Sunday nights. I I was uh, visiting with some folks from a different church and they're like, we're coming every week. Like People are excited about it and and we're excited about it too. So uh, I pray that you'd be able to join us for some of those. Well, we are here in Hebrews chapter one, continuing this series, God with us, the wonder of the incarnation. And my hope is, is that through this series, you and I would just begin to ponder the powerful reality that we have a God who is with us. We said it this way last week, if you are in Christ, then Christ is in you. If you are in Christ, if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then God himself dwells within us. This all happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 2 will say it this way, that the fullness of God dwells in Jesus and the fullness of Jesus dwells in us because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So what that means is that God is not out there. God is not some far away distant figure, but rather God comes close to us. He he is closer than your very breath. He is really near us. But today we're going to see in a beautiful text how powerful, majestic, and beyond us, transcendent is a theological word, our Jesus actually is. And when we see how big and mighty and awesome Jesus is, it reveals not only the wonder of the incarnation, but if we can just be real today, kind of the scandal of the incarnation. The shocking reality that a God that is so majestic and glorious and beyond us, so transcendent, would actually Come near us. I'll be honest with you today. I don't know that we spend enough time talking about how big our God is. Because when we talk about how big our God is, it makes us realize how small we are. And we don't like to be small, do we? In fact, we live in a culture that is all about teaching us to magnify ourselves and try to make ourselves bigger, whatever it takes. And so what we unintentionally do, whether we realize it or not, is we kind of find ourselves trying to imagine or wrap our minds and our hands around a Jesus that we can understand and get with. Some of you might remember the award-winning film that uh, many would argue changed the course of our culture forever. Of course, I'm referring to Talladega Nights, The Legend of Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Honestly, do not recommend that movie, for the record. I just want to go on the record and say that. But there is a scene in that movie that I think actually sums up American Christianity quite well. The family is gathered around the table uh, saying the blessing over a meal, and the lead character offers a prayer, and he begins his prayer by saying, Dear Infant Baby Jesus... And as he's praying this prayer, finally he says it two or three times, his wife interrupts him and says, hey, you know that Jesus actually grew up, right? And his response to that in that moment is, yeah, but I like the Christmas Jesus best. And he goes on to continue to pray to baby Jesus. And I think that, again, don't recommend that, but and if you're praying that way at your family Christmas, uh, just come schedule a meeting with me. Let's talk about it, all right? But I do think that many of us, intentionally or unintentionally, tend to find a version of Jesus that we like. We try to find a version of Jesus that we're okay with, a Jesus that accepts our sins but but doesn't like those other people in the way they sin. A, A Jesus that agrees with our political beliefs and what we think and what we feel. A Jesus that never really confronts us or challenges us. But I just wanna let you in on a dirty little secret this morning that's gonna pop your bubble for some of us. If you have a Jesus that never disagrees with you, never challenges you, never convicts you, and always shares the same thoughts, attitudes, opinions, and ideas that you have, spoiler alert, you're not worshiping Jesus, you're worshiping you. Because when I read my Bible, Jesus is making everybody mad. The religious people, the irreligious people, Regardless of religious affiliation, political affiliation, Jesus is bothering everybody when you read the Gospels. Jesus is in the business of convicting us and challenging us. He loves us too much to leave us the way we are today. So I want to just tell you there's a real danger here, church, that if we're not careful, we try to mold and shape a Jesus that that can go with us and agree with us instead of being molded and shaped by the true Jesus Christ. That's a danger you and I ought to be aware of. So this morning, I'm praying that God's word will help us see Jesus for who he is. Friends, he is not limited to our ideas of him or our human thoughts. At the end of the day, and really at the end of this Christmas season, my heart is that we would just get these two huge, they sound like opposite thoughts, but they are the wonder of the incarnation. Here it is, two statements. The wonder of the incarnation is this. God is bigger than you think. And at the same time, God is closer than you think. So let's get to Hebrews 1 and we'll talk about it together. The first four verses of this chapter, the opening of this great letter to the church says this, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us understand His word. God, as we come to this text, I pray that we would all just be Submitted to it, Lord, that we would just drop our preconceived ideas or thoughts about what this means and what this is about. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, uh, would you engage our minds and our hearts and our souls to understand your truth in a way that we can leave here changed today, God? I know that in this room right now, Lord, there are people who showed up because they're really cute kids or grandchildren were in this musical, and now they're like, man, now we got to listen to this guy. But Lord, I pray that they wouldn't hear my voice, but today, Your Holy Spirit would speak to every heart in here. Nobody in this room is here by accident, and we know that, Lord. So I pray that you would speak to every one of us. We thank you for what you're going to do in this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, I recognize this may not seem like your prototypical Christmas text. Like, some of y'all are like, come on, man, roll out some Luke 2. Like, let's do some Christmas kind of narrative. But this actually are more liturgical brothers and sisters who use a lectionary to guide their reading and preaching. uh, Many of those denominations and churches would actually read this text on Christmas Day. Because I believe that this has some wild truths for us to consider when we think about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Now I've used that word incarnation a few times and I want to tell you that word is just a big theological word that simply means this. And it's not simple, it's profound, but here it is. God came and dwelt among us. Simple, but also not simple at all, right? That God put on flesh and came and dwelt among us. We're going to think about that some more next week when we look at John chapter 1. But God came and put on flesh, and this changes everything. And here in the first few verses of Hebrews, we see what that actually looks like. How do we engage with this God who has come? With the incarnated Savior, how do we interact with Him and have a relationship with Him? What does that look like? And we're going to tackle that with two big truths that we find here in these first four verses. The first one is this, God speaks. God speaks. As a pastor, there are some questions that I get a lot, you know, uh, some questions that you just hear and you expect them because people are going to ask them. One of the questions that I get perhaps as much as any other question is, how can I know that I'm hearing God's voice? How can I know that I'm hearing from God? Or or perhaps the question is just, how do I hear from God? And I just wanna know, how do I hear his voice? How do I know him? How do I have that relationship with him where he talks to me and I understand what God is trying to speak into my life? And I gotta tell you, I love that question. Because that shows a heart that's like, man, I love the Lord and I know him, I know he saved me, and I wanna know him more. What does that look like? Have you ever been there before? The good news is, this text is going to answer that question in a powerful way. Verse 1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now, first, can we just stop and acknowledge the holy wow that just happened? God speaks. Aren't you glad that we have a God who speaks? that our God is not silent and the text says God spoke, so this is in the past. He spoke in many ways through the prophets. And I want you to know, friends, that we actually have this recorded in our Bibles. The Old Testament in your Bible is literally a record of God's work in human history as compiled and written by the prophets of God, starting with Moses, the first prophet, going all the way through the Old Testament. We have that in our Bibles. Now, don't get this twisted. I'm not saying a bunch of prophets wrote it. I am saying that, but the Bible would say this. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit of God wrote the Old Testament through the prophets. And we have this treasure that is the Old Testament. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to us through the prophets and brothers and sisters. All the way here in 2023, you and I have that in our laps or on our apps. Isn't that amazing to think about? What a treasure this is. Last Sunday, we studied one of those prophecies. Last Sunday, we took time to dive into Isaiah chapter nine. Man, it's like God spoke to us at many times and in many ways, God spoke. Yeah, last week. Through those same prophets in Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible says even right here in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, that the word of God is living and active. This isn't just a history book. There's some history in here you can learn. But brothers and sisters, when we open the Bible, it is living and active and God is speaking to us today just like he spoke to the people that he spoke his word to back in the Old Testament. Isn't that incredible to think about? 3,000 years ago, God gave this word to Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9, and all the way on December 3rd, 2023, you and I encountered the Lord through that text. It's powerful to stop and consider. God spoke and God speaks through his prophets, but verse 2 tells us that something has changed. So notice it's past tense, right? So God spoke, long ago God spoke, but now verse 2 says this, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Y'all, this is a powerful word that I need you to hear and understand. Some of you today have been this place and you've been looking for a word from God. Some of you are here and you've been trying to find God's voice. You've been seeking him. You're like, Lord, I just need you to show me something. What I want to tell you today is that God has and God is still speaking through his son, Jesus Christ. He's speaking today, and I know that that sounds kind of exciting and mysterious, and let me just confirm that to you, it totally is. But at the same time, a profoundly encouraging truth is this. God's voice is active for anybody who is willing to listen for it. God's voice is active for those who are willing to listen to it. How does God speak to us through his Son? Well, friends, through the apostles who have recorded the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in his very words in what you and I today would call the New Testament. Don't miss this. Just as the prophets recorded the Old Testament, so the apostles, those who walked with Christ, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote what we have recorded here in the New Testament. Friends, God has purposefully powerfully, amazingly, beyond our comprehension, God has done work to preserve the Word of God in the form that you and I have it today. Isn't that incredible to think about? I don't have time to go into all this. I wish we could just do a couple hours of lectures on this, but you would fall asleep by the end of it. But I want to tell you, it's amazing that you and I have the Word of God available to us the way we have it available to us in our modern culture. Perhaps at this point, more than any other point in human history, we have unlimited access to the word of God. It's as if the Lord is shouting to us, listen to me, listen to me, my voice is available. I have spoken to you and I'm speaking to you through my word, listen to me. I wanna just take a moment and let you just would the Lord and the Holy Spirit, be real honest and ask yourself this question Are you listening? Are you listening? So we've established God is speaking through his perfect word, preserved through the ages for such a time as this. God has spoken through the prophets, God has spoken through the apostles. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament, and God speaks every time we open his word. The question is, are we listening? In a day and age where we have more access to the Bible than any point in human history, I'm afraid, friends, that the church in America might be among the most biblically illiterate Christians in history. I really believe, y'all, that revival would break out in central Buena and in southeast Texas if we became serious about listening to the Lord through the Word of God. I really believe that. Every single personal revival in my life has come from a time, not where I went to a service and really got excited about the music or the preaching, not because, you know, we got a new preacher and everything was good and I liked things now. No, every point of personal revival in my life came when I committed to listening to God's voice through his word. So we don't even have to plan a revival to have a revival. We just start to have to listen to the voice of the Lord and obey what he says. How do we do that? Open your Bibles, friends. Are you listening today? When's the last time you really dug in God's word and let his voice speak into your life on a daily basis? And I know this is personal and convicting today, but man, I just want to let the Holy Spirit do his work today. Let me just ask, what if you spent half the time you spend on social media in the word of god what if you spent as much time listening to god's voice through his word as you spend listening to podcasts what if we parents in the room were super diligent to to teach our kids how to listen and respond to the voice of God through his word as serious as we are about teaching them to hit a baseball or shoot a basketball or play an instrument friends I can tell you what would happen the gift of revival would come to central Buna if we really got a hold of the truth of this message if we got serious about getting in God's word and letting him speak into our lives, because we have a God who speaks. Y'all, God wrote a book. I always think it's funny, pastors are like book writers, right? I wrote a book, and I'm thankful for him, all right? Don't mean to be that guy. I may do it, that's how we're gonna pay off our building one day. I'm gonna write that book, all right? It's gonna be so good, probably not. But anyways, everyone's like, oh man, my pastor wrote a book. Y'all, I don't care if your favorite celebrity or your favorite pastor or whoever wrote it, can I tell you, the author of creation himself has written a book. And not only is it a book where you can learn and grow, it's a book where his voice is actively speaking to you and me every time we open it. And what a privilege we have in God's word. He's alive and speaking to us. So the question becomes, are you looking for God's voice? Do do you need a word from God, friends? I, I came with a word from the Lord this morning. Here it is, 66 books worth of words from the Lord for you, written by God to your heart if you're a believer in Christ today. God has a word for you today. If you want to commit to getting God's word, maybe you're just like thinking today, like, wow, like, I don't know, Pastor Rusty's been reading my mail, I don't know what's up with that, but I needed this message. Can I just tell you, my favorite question to answer is, hey, where do I start? How do I get in? If you want to send me an email, you want to grab me after service, man. I want to start getting in the Word of God. There are apps, there are Bible reading plans, there are things I can just coach you in. I want to help you be serious about getting in the Word of God until the Word of God gets in you, because that's when real transformation starts to happen in your life and in your family and in this church. So, man, let's do that. Some of you are thinking, man, he's kind of wound up. Are we almost done? Nope. This passage goes on to tell us not only that God speaks, but it tells us what God speaks. Amen? What God speaks in His Word is all about the greatness of Christ. The greatness of Christ. I want you to follow along. I hope you still have your Bibles open because we're going to be looking at this as we think about the greatness of God. The second part of verse two through verse four are incredibly epic, guys. There's so much here. We're not even really going to be able to drill down to the depth of everything in this passage. But here's what I want to tell you: the the NIV and even the ESV here, I think our English translations do us a disservice because it kind of breaks it up and it looks like we're just reading all these deets about Jesus, right? Like he's this, he's that, he's this and it breaks it all up but in the original language this letter was written in this is all one big run-on sentence so essentially, the author is just exclaiming praise. He's almost just overflowing with excitement and joy, and he's just throwing this out there in incredible ways, talking about the greatness of our Christ. So yeah, there's a lot of theological goodness here, but the author's not just trying to roll out some theological truth. Instead, he was blown away by the glory of God and was declaring it to everyone who would listen. So let's just walk through this here. In verse 2, we see that Jesus is the heir of all things. Everything in this universe, brothers and sisters, everything in this universe belongs to him. There is not one atom in all of creation that doesn't belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He owns it all. He rules and reigns over everything. Last week we said there's coming a day where he will literally rule and reign over everything. But I want to just correct myself and tell you right now, today, Jesus rules and reigns over everything. Whether you acknowledge his rule or not. Jesus is still king, whether you're living like it or not today. And there's coming a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But verse two goes on to tell us that Christ created the world. It says, through whom he created the world. This is a huge truth that we need to be reminded of today. Theologians would call this the pre-existence of Christ. Did you know that when we celebrate Christmas, this is not the first time that Jesus comes on the scene? It's not like we had God and then all of a sudden, boom, there's Jesus. No, Jesus has existed from the very beginning. In fact, there wasn't really a beginning with God. He has always existed. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three are an integral part of creation. You see that happening in Genesis chapter 1. and In the New Testament, we're told that Jesus was active in creation. Verse 3 is going to tell us that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. The word glory is a big church word. We even hear it a lot at Christmas. It simply comes from the word that means weight. Like the heaviness, the, the idea of awe and splendor and majesty. God's glory shines through almost everything you encounter in this world. When you walked out this morning and felt that like cool, crisp air and looked up and man, just a beautiful sky and you were just filled with something. Can I tell you what that was? It was the glory of God being revealed to you. When you hear a song and it moves you in your soul, and that's God's glory being revealed to you. When you're watching a movie and it tears you up, man, that is God's glory being, God's glory is revealed to us in a million different ways in our world. But God's glory shines brightest through the work of Jesus Christ, his son. If you want to experience God's glory, the radiance of God's glory shines bright in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Why? Because verse 3 goes on to tell us this. Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature. Simply put, friends, Jesus is God. He's not a copy. He's not just a guy with some godlike qualities. Jesus, the Son of God, is part of the Godhead, the Trinity. And this is where it gets really wild because here's what verse 3 also tells us that right now Jesus is holding the universe together by the word of his power. So we've already said Jesus created everything, but Jesus is not just the creator. Friends, Jesus is also the sustainer. He's the one that is keeping this whole thing together right now. This is our transcendent, beyond us, huge, magnificent, majestic, awe-inspiring savior, Jesus Christ. And all of scripture speaks to this reality. Man, from Genesis where Jesus is speaking creation into existence all the way to the back in Revelation where it says Jesus is going to come and rule and reign over everything for all eternity and then every single book in between that tells us the glorious story of Jesus redeeming his people all for his glory. God's glory is on display today and every day in the pages of your Bible. Have you seen it? Are you seeing it today? I really wanted to preach this text during the Christmas season because he- here's the wonder of the incarnation. We said it earlier, God is way bigger than you think, but at the same time God is way closer than you think. And do you know how that's reality today? That's a reality because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ because this transcendent, glorious Savior who spoke everything into existence and right now is holding everything together, including you, with just his word. That same Jesus wants to come in close to us this Christmas. He wants to know you in a real, personal way, every single one of you. Jesus draws near to us, friends, because Jesus wants to save us. Jesus saves. Do you know that today? Jesus saves. Verse 3 says it this way, that Jesus has made a purification for our sins. How, how did that happen? Well, throughout the scriptures, this is the good news of the gospel. The incarnation is God coming to us. And here's the beauty of this. Man, every other religion throughout history and even today, every other religion out there is all about man trying to do whatever we can to get to God. Like, what can we do to get to him? Because here's the thing. All of us realize we are sinners who fall short of the glory of God. When God reveals his glory to us and we see his glory, it's amazing. It's beyond expression. It's beyond what we can understand. And we realize he is God and I am not. So all throughout human history, mankind has been trying to like, maybe I can be good enough to get to God. Maybe I can follow all these rules or follow this prophet or that prophet and try to do enough to get right with God. But can I tell you what the story of Christianity is, brothers and sisters? The story of Jesus is that God loved you and me enough that he came down to us. Christianity is not the story of you doing all the right things so you can get to God. It's you're incapable of doing the right things, but God loved you so much that he came to you. He is drawn near, and there is nothing that shouts that message more than the incarnation of Christ. The Bible says that all of us, every single one of us, has sinned. That means we have done something against what God wanted us to do. We didn't follow his will and his voice in our life. We've ignored him and we've gone our own way. And because of that, the Bible says there is a price to be paid. A holy, glorious, transcendent God cannot be righteous and cannot be just if he tolerates sin. So that's a problem. We've got a holy, just, transcendent God and sinners like you and me. If that was the end of the story, I would not say Merry Christmas to you. I'd say, tough going guys, see you next week. And I'd never come back. But the good news of the gospel is that God loved sinners like you and me enough that he sent Jesus. And Jesus came to this earth, he lived his entire life, he never sinned. He never did anything outside of the will of his heavenly father. Yet as Jesus hung on the cross, what the Bible tells us, is that the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sin was poured out upon Christ. God's wrath was poured out on Jesus. God's wrath for sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, God poured it out upon Christ on the cross. Jesus paid it all, the price that you and I deserve to pay. And he died on that cross, taking sin and death with him to the grave. But friends, the reason we're here and the reason we can say Merry Christmas is because he didn't stay dead. He got up. He came out of that grave victorious over sin and death. And the Bible says that any who call on him and ask him to be their Lord and Savior, that at that very moment, our lives are radically transformed. We have brand new life because of what Jesus has done for us. Our sins are paid for, and the perfect life of Christ is given to us. So here's the call today, brothers and sisters. Here's the call today, friends who showed up today to watch the cute Christmas play and then had to listen to the preacher get crazy for a little while. This is the call. This transcendent, glorious, majestic Savior has drawn near today with the hope that you would draw near to him. And you know what James chapter 4 says? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Oh, friends, this big God is way, way, way bigger than you think. Oh, but he's closer than you could ever think or imagine. Now, I know some of you say, well, well Rusty, man, I appreciate that salvation message today but i'm already saved i've already given my life to christ well here's what i just want to ask you friends have you still been actively walking in such a way that you're listening and responding to the voice of god i think there's so many people that that think salvation is the finish line of the christian faith Yep, I got saved at camp several years ago, or I got saved at a revival meeting one day. I got saved when I was a kid. I got saved six months ago. And then we just go on about our lives trying to be good moral people. Can I tell you, God has something so much better than that for your life. The Lord invites you to hear his voice and respond to him and walk in a real relationship with him. We hear that song, he walks with me and he talks with me. How does that happen? Friends, as we walk and live a life being molded and shaped by the word of God that is living and active and speaking to you and me today. Long ago, in many times, in many ways, God spoke to His people through the prophets. And He's still, still speaking to His people through the prophets in the Old Testament. But now, today, He has spoken through His Son. And He speaks to us through His Son, through the New Testament, recorded and collected to us by the apostles. Friends, God is way, way bigger, more transcendent and beyond us than we could ever think or imagine. But God is closer than your very Breath in your lungs. That's the wonder and the shocking reality of the incarnation of Christ. What would it look like for you to live in the reality of that? God drew near to you so that you could draw near to Him. Live in the reality of that today. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it brings us, Lord. Thank you for the gospel that makes all of this possible. Lord, you loved us enough that you humbled yourself and came to put on flesh and dwell among us so that we could dwell with you. So God, I pray that today, if there are people in here who don't know you, who don't have a relationship with you, that today would be the day of salvation. That today would be the day where they say, I want to draw near to this God who's drawn near to me. But Lord, I also pray for my friends who who have given their lives to you and they know that, but if they're honest today and they haven't been living in the reality of a God who is close to them, a Jesus that literally dwells within us, Lord, I pray we would be a listening people that hear your voice loud and clear and respond to it today. Lord I pray that we would make that decision right here right now in this room to follow you wherever you lead whatever it looks like whatever you're going to do God we want to be that people so help us respond in the way that's pleasing to you thank you for listening to Central Baptist Church Buna's weekly sermon podcast may God bless you as you continue to connect, grow, and serve